Welcome to the Heartstream Musings podcast, a podcast to help you on your journey of self-love. I'm your host, Lisa Mae Francisco, a self-love coach and inner child guide. In the podcast, we'll dive deep on how to heal your inner child wounds, break your relationship patterns, and liberate your truth so you can claim the relationships in life that you deserve. Thanks so much for listening. I'm super excited that you're here. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Heartstream Musings podcast. I have a very, very special guest today. As you can tell, I love doing guest interviews now. <laughs> Last season with a lot of like solo episodes. Uh, but this season, I really just wanted to highlight a bunch of people that I've been inspired by, some people that I've met in person, some people I've never met in person. So majority of them are actually internet friends. And one of them today is Liz Kara Mavros. <laughs> and she is an intuitive life coach. And her business is Leah Kata. And I'm so excited to have her on today. So say hi. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Awesome. And it's so interesting because she and I actually met on TikTok. And I think you pinged me because we had a lot of similar content that we were sharing. And originally we were supposed to do an Instagram live. And I reached out to you, Liz, and I just said, you know what, let's just, I have a podcast. Let me just have you on here instead. Uh, There's more longevity and all that good stuff, but I'm so grateful that you're here and we're doing this together. Yeah, I am too. And I've been inspired by your content and also your, your regularity with it and diversity. So, um, as someone who creates content, I know that that doesn't just happen. Um, sometimes it rolls off and you get inspired and happen to catch it on video, but um, yeah, it's definitely admirable. So thank you uh, for, for having course. We We should probably do another episode about the the life of a content creator, like because it's yeah. so interesting. That's like completely different than what coaches do. And we could probably go into to that another episode. So we'll have we'll have part two for you folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely something we could probably chat about for another hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Liz, I would love for you to just share a story of I'm always fascinated with how people get into life coaching. And then I'm doubly fascinated about how you just kind of focused in on being an intuitive life coach, because I know so many people, um, struggle with that of how do you tap into your intuition? And so I'd really just love for you to unpack of, you know, where it even began. Um, I will give you the cliff notes because it is, <laughs> it, I think it's everything in life has led me to here. And this is probably leading me to where I'm supposed to be next. So, Huh, how how I found intuitive life coaching. I also wanted to say disclaimer, I'm not perfect. I have trouble tapping into my intuition from time to time too. I have a lot of tools that I give clients, but this is an imperfect process and um, we're all coming together on different levels of the same linear path. We're just all at different points, right? Um, so, ah, wow, okay. Probably, hmm. 
I'll start with when I, I began practicing yoga. I think yoga was a really big um, influence into finding my intuition. I was completely lost. I had left my hometown. I was in college. I signed up for a yoga class because I had an injury um, from distance running, which I wasn't on a team, but I that was something I used to compete in. And um, I, I said, you know what? I need to stay in shape. I can't do the impact, whatever. Went to a yoga class. And I was at a really low point in my life. Um, I had just, like I said, I had just left my hometown. Um, I had just left my first love, my first boyfriend. I was 19 years old. Um, And it really, it blew up in my face. There was a sexual assault that happened. It looked like cheating. It, my then boyfriend slandered my name to the town. I'm not saying this out of pity. I'm saying this out of, I was like a young girl, like, and every, all my, I had no friends (laughs) and I had to leave my hometown. So, and I remember, I don't want to say no friends. I have one that's really stuck by me, but that was a moment when I felt completely alone and I was in a new place studying something new. I actually completely failed my freshman year because of that and had to do a victory. I always say I did a victory lap. I'm not saying, I'm also, once again, just not saying this to feel bad. I'm just saying this was part of my life journey. And not that I'm grateful it happened and not that I condone activities like that. But in hindsight, um, being alone and also seeing the couple of people that stood by me helped me realize my own voice and realize who actually loved me and that nothing else mattered. And that was the first time something like that in my life had happened. I mean, I was a kid, 19 year olds. I'm 28 now. Um, You're a kid and that's okay. That's a good thing. Um, But you don't feel like it when you're that age either. And uh finding yoga, finding that mind-body connection, even without consciously knowing that's what I was doing, um, helped me connect with where I was at. Also therapy was just started when I, when all of that went down. So, and I still have the same therapist, which is um, such a blessing, but yeah, becoming alone, like coming of age, having a traumatic event happen, having your first heartbreak happen, leaving your hometown, um, realizing the couple of people that did stay in your life and said, hey, like, you're going to really notice who your friends are. People always say, I think that's like a cliche thing, right? Like, you'll know who your friends are when your life blows up kind of thing. Totally, totally. Um, it's so true. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that those people are still in my life. But it really, it it forced me to, that was my first step of looking inward, like, okay, who stuck by me? How does that relationship feel? Um, and creating a mind body connection. That was the first step. And you fast forward probably another five years. I was in a pretty toxic relationship, but getting, I got into, um, even deeper into yoga. I got my, um, 200 hour, but I did it on a, at a spiritual pilgrimage in Bali. And then I went hiking in Tasmania after. And um, yeah, and I mean, I feel like it's so layered how I, how I connected with my intuition. But that relationship that I'm referring to that was toxic ended almost a year. The 24th of July will probably be one year. 
and it was six years. So think about, okay, the first trauma happened a decade ago almost. And now that's six plus six years. That was a huge portion of me growing up, living on my own, graduating college, like living with another person whom I loved or love. And, um, and having to choose myself leaving that toxic relationship after having an in-depth mind-body connection, after having a somatic therapist and EMDR and realizing why some of these situations were coming into my life, how I was calling them in um, and tapping into, it's so layered, oh my gosh. It's like tapping into what I really, really wanted in my life. It's like, when I left that relationship, I had to ask myself the question, okay, it, not do you love him, but how does that person make you feel? And I think that an intuition, like asking how things make you feel like somatically, not like, okay, like he bu buys me flowers X amount of times. That's what our mind likes to do. Oh, well, he opens my car door and closes it for me. Like if I wrote down all the things my toxic partner did on paper, like he would probably look like a decent person, I guess. <laughs> but, like if you talk about the actions and how they make you feel like certain actions, that's what matters, I think, in life. And between healing over the past decade from this trauma and allowing people in my life to show me who they really are and how it feels in my body trying to like wrap this up in a way that makes sense because I just gave like a lot of random facts about my life but it's really I've learned quite a lot um, quite a lot about my own capacity to handle discomfort and discomfort isn't just dealing with abuse discomfort is sometimes dealing with setting boundaries and how uncomfortable that can be healthy ones or Sometimes it's with other people. Sometimes it's with myself <laughs> yeah. um, dealing with literally anything like leaving a job and not knowing where your next paycheck's coming from and being like, no, you have a roof over your head and food in the fridge. Like you're fine. You have the savings. You could choose safely, you know, what you want to do next and letting the body speak and like letting your body tell your mind things instead of letting your mind tell your body things. Mm, that's so, and I love everything that you said that just, cause you know what it is. It's like, it is hard to answer that loaded question, right? Of like, how did you end up here at this very moment? Um, and all of us are just multifaceted, multidimensional human beings. And there are so many different layers that make up who we are. So it's sort of interesting you know, we try and peg ourselves as like one thing, but we're actually really not. We're just so multidimensional. And what I love about your story was the, the focus of that mind body connection. So you first got it through yoga and then you ended up doing somatic work and working with therapists that really allowed you to, you know, not get so much in the head, but like really drop into your body of how does it make you feel? Because sometimes, uh, you know, our, our mind can honestly change and lie about what our body is feeling, right? Like your body, for example, is cold, but your mind's saying, no, I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. I don't need to put on a sweater. 
I'm not hungry. I'm not, you know? And so it's interesting too, how sometimes we can rationalize things and make ourselves believe anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I am really curious as to how did you slowly start to unravel or unpack the journey of getting out of that toxic relationship? Um, I know for some people, it might be definitely hard to do that because they think, oh, you know, on paper, like you spoke about, it's, it's easy, or this person seems totally fine. Um, but what, what, like, if someone went to you and they're like, how did you do it? What kind of guidance would you even give them? Um, I would say slow is fast. I would say, I'm getting goosebumps saying this. I would say, and this is any toxic relationship in your life. It could be your relationship to like TV. It could be a relationship to social media. It could be a relationship to your mom. It could be a relationship to a partner, you know, like, but I would say the first thing is, okay. The first thing is slow is fast. The second thing is awareness of when you're interacting with these things, what does your body feel like? And once you start to develop that awareness, I would, I started noticing with my partner, like, how do I, a lot of our our relationship was distance because we were both traveling a lot for work. We did the same thing. We both professionally sailed, but not always on the same boat. So we were literally in different parts of the world for a lot of our relationship. And I'm not going to, I might not, I may or may not get into the exact details of why the relationship was toxic other than it was really codependent, which means I was part of that too. The other thing was being, is it being okay with admitting that you might be a part of the toxic cycle? And that doesn't mean the, the allowance of someone being toxic to you is your fault, that those are separate. It's not black and white. Like I was in a toxic cycle and I was allowing it. And that once again, not my fault, like the the emotional violence, like a hundred percent not blaming. This is such a delicate thing to say, but I'm what I'm trying to communicate is loving the part of yourself that is allowing you to be there and maybe not always make the right choice because choosing your way out of any toxic cycle, like I said, it could be with habits or it could be with people. It's, it's like scientifically backed that people always go back to the toxic thing before they leave, they'll go back and forth. And that's exactly what my ex and I did. We were breaking up and getting back together and on breaks and then on pauses and different kinds of contact and then not. And um, I couldn't blame myself for, I know there's various types of abuse and toxicity too. And I don't want to speak like I know exactly. I'm just going to speak based on my own, um, my own experience, but yeah, just really loving myself when I was putting myself through the hard stuff and allowing him to treat me in a certain way, even after the fact, even knowing like, oh, I deserve to be treated better or I don't deserve to be, I don't know, have this thing held over my head for six years or, you know, whatever the toxic cycle was. Um, So really, I deserve to be treated, cheated on um, multiple times, things like that. Like, 
knowing that I love that person because I see light in them. That's also in me was another step was like, okay, the things that you love in him is because you love, you have those, you have those things too. And then I was like, oh my gosh, there's that breaking independence. It goes all the way back to that first trauma when I was 19. Okay. Well, you're, you can be alone and okay. You are already whole. Um, and then continuously bringing that awareness back. Like every time I would communicate with him more and more, I would check in and be like, does this feel good? Not do I love him? That was already known. That's already blanket. Mm. I still love him to this day. Um, and I hope that someday he heals in a way that he can be in a relationship that doesn't hurt people. And, um, I have all the faith in the world. That's none of my business at this point, but, um, I just, realizing that I'm already whole, the things I love in him. Like I kept saying to myself, my love made this beautiful. My love made me feel good. So like, what do I do if I take my love back and give that to me? So even when I miss him and now sometimes it happens, it's been a year, but I'll say, do you miss him? Or do you miss the comfort? Do you miss your love and like giving and sharing and nurturing with that? And I'll give it to myself or I'll give it to a friend or Um, And just kind of peeling back like my own independence, but also having a network of girlfriends, to be honest, that loved me and was, they would never say one foul thing about him, but they would always like just seeing how they treated me and how they loved on me and the intimacy we created in our own platonic relationships. And I'm being like, kind of comparing and being like, okay, I've created these really healthy, mindful beautiful relationships with all these women in my life noticing how I felt in this toxic one and then slowly being able to peel myself back being like yeah those three things like and just really going slow and being compassionate with it like I kind of let myself run in I call it running into the fire um it's a term I learned from to be magnetic which is a really cool resource um and like podcasts but um, you run into the fire. Sometimes we have to learn these lessons until we learn them or else you'll go, what if, what if, what if, and I kind of ran into it until I, I wasn't going, what if anymore? I'm like, I know what's going to happen. And when we, the last time I saw him, I remember him being in my like little Fourier area and being thinking, I didn't know that we were supposed to go on a break, but I just looked at him and my intuition said, this is the last time you're going to see him. And I just had that feeling. Um, I kind of did have the words too. And it was a really beautiful separation. And we hugged and he left. And um, it was also really toxic in a lot of ways where he would bring up all the things I, all of the things I did wrong. Basically, my, this relationship was toxic because he was my, he would torture me emotionally, like bringing up all the things that ever hurt him that I did from six, seven, eight years ago. Cause he, we were friends before we dated. And then he would also be my comfort. And that's a really big sign that something is like, not to say that two people can't hurt each other, but, and then also comfort each other. But it, that was our cycle. We would, he would torture me and then I would cry to him and he would be like, you're so strong. And then I, he'd be like, and you hurt me and you are a bad person. And, and it would just always happen. Same fight over and over again. I'm being like really general, but it was it was much more detailed and drawn out. Um, And I just remembered 
too. Like, especially like the love was real. That's absolutely a hundred percent a fact. I get to take that love with me. I get to take the good things with me. I get to take the lessons he taught me that were good with me. Those don't go away um, when a relationship ends. And I think, yeah, sure. It's sad to like, look at happy pictures when you're like together or whatever, looking back, but it, there's also a lot of joy in it because um, for me, at least something I've always wanted is to love all the way and to be all the way and to communicate all the way and um, not hold back when I love someone or I admire them. I will cold Instagram DM strangers and be like, your life looks so stunning. Like I'm <laughs> so grateful you exist and they'll like be like, oh my God, thank you. I'm like, I'm like, I just don't, I can't hold, I don't want to hold that love in. And that's how I show up in relationship. And maybe that, who knows if that's a good or bad thing. I'm not going to get into it, but yeah. that's how I ended up getting out of it. Yeah. Always. So, yeah. yeah. So it was almost like, you know, you went slow, right? You mentioned that go mm-hmm. slow in the beginning, start to really check in with your body. And you started having the, like noticing the different sensations of how you actually feel. And there was something so potent you said about, it wasn't asking myself, do I love him? Right. It was like, how does it make me feel that I think a lot of people don't ask? Um, you know, I was in a toxic relationship before as well. And it's like, you can't explain why you love someone. You just, you just do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's almost like, I mean, that gets into the whole, oh, chemistry, but it's like, really, it's just like, you're oh, really, we, have, we still, if we were in the yeah. same room, we probably have palpable chemistry. Like that's not going to go away. And that's not why I'm not going to be in the same room with him anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like chemistry isn't love. You can have chemistry with people you don't love. It's, it's like, oh yeah, I've hot sex with this person, but it's like, mm, but do they make like you feel it. good? Yeah. yeah. Like at the end of the day, do they make you feel good or do they take you under, you know, trying to live your life. And that I think is, that is definitely the hardest kind of love to disentangle from. And sometimes these cycles can just go on forever. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I love that you started filling your life and cultivating your life with these amazing female friendships where you experienced the feelings that were healthy, that were wholesome, that were full of heart. And it, it almost gave you this picture of like, oh, do I feel that in my romantic relationship, you know, mm-hmm. and having the courage to know that, know the truth, right? Because I think deep down, we can get into the intuition. We always know the truth, but do we actually want to admit it to ourselves? That is a completely separate thing and process and journey. Yeah. There's a few things I want to, I want to throw out there that just to like support what you just said. One is don't settle for the good for the great. So if you've really hot sex with someone, I get it. We're human. We all love that sort of thing. And you want it in a a life partner. Most people I would say, but that if everything else is missing from the relationship, (laughs) like don't settle for the good for the great, because you could have that with someone else and have be able to bring conflict and it be you guys dealing with the conflict as a team instead of it being like dismissive or gaslit situations or like you can like 
I want to scream this from the rooftops for like all women or all people in relationships. Like you can have it all. (laughs) I'm single and I'm happily single right now. Like I'm dating myself, but I don't even have a doubt that I can have it all. And when women tell me they have it all or men or whomever, um, like, fuck yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that. It's that belief within you that is totally exuding of, I do believe it. I know that I'm worthy and I know that it's going to happen, you know, but right now you're like, nope, I'm just focusing on myself and that's okay. And I, I will say my intuition did for a long time in that last relationship say, this isn't it. He's not it. Mm. not it, not it, not it. And I was afraid and I pushed it down and it got louder and I pushed it down and it got louder and rinse and repeat. And to be honest, that sound, that voice of like, this needs to stop to let other things in your life in that you're calling in. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that feel and sound like when it started happening? Cause some people might not not even know what that sounds like for them. So maybe you can describe how your intuition, how that voice even came, like, how do you even cultivate that? It's almost like a thought for, I think everyone is different. Some people might see angel numbers when they're thinking of something in particular, they're thinking of breaking up their partner and they always see one, one, one every single time. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, I'm not saying take action and change your whole life because it happened three times, but maybe write it in your journal and like put a date on it and be like, okay. Cause if something like an idea or a thought, this is a good way to describe it. If an idea or a thought pops out of your unconscious mind or pops out of some, I'll, t- I'll discuss how it feels in my body in a second, but some, for me, it's like, it pops out of my unconscious mind and it's, it just spills. Like for me, it's usually in words, but some people might have images like he's not it was for, the, for we'll use as an example, if it's happening again and again and again, like it happened to me for like four years like that mm-hmm. same phrase, even like the wording was the same. And in hindsight, I would have, I didn't, I wasn't as in, in touch with my intuition. And I was so afraid to leave him because I had never been that deeply in love. And there were a lot of good things about a relationship that weren't toxic. Um, that's why people stay in toxic relationships too, right? They're not always yeah. just bad, but that when something just pops into your head like that, it's worth noting if it's sitting heavy emotionally. So if, if the fact that I was afraid of it and it was, it was causing like tension in my shoulders and stuff, and it kept popping up for years. Okay. That's something that's like a ping. That's a download. That's a, that's a, that might not mean, okay, change your whole life, but that's a, I need to write this down and either investigate like where this is attached to my shadow and what I'm afraid to lose. Am I afraid to be alone? Am I afraid of, is it the actual person? It's worth investigating. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it something that I need to heal in myself that I'm afraid to lose him? Um, I don't know. It could be, it could mean a lot of different things, but maybe just, like I said, bring that awareness in to those phrases or those thoughts or those images that you keep writing or keep popping into your head regularly and give them merit. Don't define them. Don't let your mind say, this means I have to break up with him tomorrow. Mm. It, it just means that's your mind going, that's your ego saying, like pretending to be your intuition. Your intuition will unfold. And when you're ready 
you'll know when you're like, when I was ready to break up with him, I knew I was sure it felt like relief in my body. It didn't Mm. feel, and it's not going to be the same for any, everyone, but that's how it feels to me when I was, it got louder and louder. Like the phrase kept popping up more. And at a certain point I was, I did ask myself because I was doing all this work. Okay. Well, why am I so afraid of that? What qualities in him are bringing like remind or feel attached to that and I just jotted it down in a nonsensical way Mm -hmm. um and I just made a certain point I made a note I was like okay well if this genuinely doesn't go away um I need to have a conversation with him and I did I told him my intuition was saying to break up with him (laughs) yeah yeah not happy about that he's like what are you supposed to do from here your intuition uh, and we say I know yeah. yeah because it's just some kind of out there woo-woo thing right our society definitely prioritizes rationale logical thinking and so for someone to say like no I actually have this intuitive thought this feeling that this isn't right it's in my gut like how can you explain that and so it's it's really interesting, you know, like one, I commend you for acknowledging it and listening to it and checking in with your body, attuning to yourself. And, you know, it's definitely a hard path to walk. Like I remember when I was in my toxic relationship, it was like the, the, so your thought was like, um, I think what was the phrase that you mentioned? He's not it. Yeah. He's not it. My phrase was, is this all there is? Wow. Like, is this all there is like meaning like, this is what I have to look forward to. Like, this is what relationships are like, that's what it's supposed to be like, but but like knowing deep down inside, like you're like what you're exuding now of you can have it all. I didn't have a woman telling me that because I thought, Oh, not many people had it all. And I didn't have any models of relationships that I actually wanted. Like most of mine were like, Oh, in the movies, but that's just bullshit. Um, but there wasn't actually anybody that I knew and my own, you know, purview that had the relationship that I wanted. And so I just didn't think it existed. And I thought, okay, I guess this is it. It's so interesting. Yeah. That's such a powerful, like, like, phrase too is this all there is like no like if you're feeling that way about anything in your life I don't care if it's your dresser like don't <laughs> marketplace if you can't buy a new one right now and just get like a two dollar dresser and paint it and make it yours like I don't even care that's another thing I, I like literally that's kind of, like the the relationship is like a really dramatic and relatable version of intuition mm-hmm. um but you can do it with everything in your life I have I'm on my desk and I I'm one of those people who has a million cups everywhere. Yeah. I like love handmade mugs. Ooh, beautiful. Thank you. I love and those. That's the energetic where I tap into that same feeling of like, does this make me happy? This mug versus like some like random mass produced, no shade to anyone who enjoys any sort of mug or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. like, I just was like, will that improve my day to sip my tea out of it while I work? Hell yeah, it will. Is that a privilege? Yeah, I don't have a lot of them, but um, I'm just saying like, you can sprinkle these things, your intuition can sprinkle these things in your entire life. Um, And the other thing I also want to say is, I don't ever want to throw out the reasoning mind. I don't think ego is bad. I don't think 
the reasoning mind is bad. I think they are tools and they are beautiful things to use. And sometimes the combination of reason and intuition is this like merriment where we can function in the world. We have these like crazy supercomputers that we could tap into, but like tap into it. Don't let it be you. Mm-hmm. You are so much more than a supercomputer that can write a good pro con list. Like, you know, like, and it's you as everybody. Like, and I, um, in the past, I think it's like the past two months, I've been doing this thing where I'm trying to follow my intuition without even questioning it and just being like, okay, I guess I'll buy dandelion greens instead of spinach, but I'm going to just lean into it, you know, like. Yeah it's been a funny little practice. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's but, awesome. So then how does it show up today? In addition to that thing of like, just following it every single day, what's a practice that you do that someone can walk away with? Um, I have a little morning routine and I know morning routines aren't for everyone, but for example, I do pretty much the same thing every morning. I do 15 minutes of yoga plus or minus a little bit, depending how early I wake up and I make my tea and I usually make some nourishing breakfast. And I also meditate for 15 to 25 minutes. Now my into, I require myself, that's my daily devotion to do those things. I don't require myself to do them in any particular order. Mm -hmm. So I wake up and if I want to move right away I move if I am waking up hungry I'll make my food first Mm -hmm. um if I am waking up and I actually give myself one day off of daily movement and I say it can go be in any day of the week um barring of course like being properly sick but that doesn't happen too often knock on wood um yeah so I will say okay you have your daily devotion you have the work you have to do in the day you have all of these things I'm not letting it happen in an order. I want to go for a walk three times a week. I don't say what day it is. I don't Mm -hmm. say what it is. Sometimes it's right after lunch and then I'll come back home and do my computer work. And sometimes I wake up and go on my walk and then I'll meditate in the middle of the day. Yeah. So that's the intuition of like, okay, what fits? What fits? Um, The other thing is we are bodies first, I think. And I think we really... forget that as a society. So if something happens that stresses me out and my body somatically is activated, even if I have all the, it's hard for me to focus when I'm activated. And I think most people could relate. could be anything. My refrigerator just broke this week. So that stressed me out waking up to a warm refrigerator. And I, I, it really does. It's like uh, another thing, right? Yeah. I'll go for a walk and say, I can take 10 minutes and walk and not do this thing. But let's say I work like a nine to five where I have to show up at a certain time and stuff that, and I would excuse myself to the bathroom and maybe like bilaterally tap on either thigh really slowly for five breaths, just Mm -hmm. five breaths. Or I would, um, tune in my body, say, okay, I'm activated. I'm not going to absorb or like be okay. And the moment I could slip away, or I would just, even if I couldn't slip away, I would just say intuitively, like, okay, my body needs grounding somehow. Okay. Well feel what your feet feel like inside your shoes on the ground, you know, come back to your body. I think I do that constantly of like, sometimes work, you can't get away from work and go for a walk. That's not always a realistic thing. 
but tuning into your body and being like, okay, what do you need right now to be okay? Do you just need some deeper breaths? You could do a deep breath in the middle of a department store in the middle of work. You know, um, I think that shows up for me in every moment. It's really become my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of just kind of not wearing it all as a loose garment, right? And whatever feels good to you in that moment of tuning into your body, what feels good, tuning into your pleasure center, all of that stuff, what brings you the most joy? Um, Because it is intuitive, like Mm -hmm. what feels good right now? And so I love how you just gave so many explicit details of how you do. I'm like, oh, that sounds so lovely. Like when you were describing, I'm like, oh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Your daily <laughs> devotion. I'm like, oh, like today I was doing this because um, I'm a big fan of Kundalini. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a new Kriya on Thursdays because I was doing Jupiter Kriya. And, you know, Thursday's Jupiter Day. And oh, my God. <laughs> I was like ready for it to be over. Like, okay, I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> oh my it, god. Yeah, I'm but it, it's about yeah, but it's it's just like tuning into your body, not forcing anything that doesn't feel good, um, and allowing yourself grace too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and just also not throwing out the reasoning to it, like. Mm-hmm there's deadlines, they exist. You have to do things in a certain time or something might not happen that you really want to. Like there is a small amount of like grinning and bearing it in our mm-hmm. modern world that we have to work and to live. But knowing that you're okay with the discomfort of grinning and bearing it, get through that thing. Mm-hmm. If you're, I give myself a treat and that might be like a little, like a longer shower or like a matcha latte. I don't know, but mm-hmm. um like knowing that just because it's uncomfortable doesn't make it bad. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, having grace, yes, letting that joy creep in, but also the discomfort is, is in here. Like everything is the same. The difference between you giving me a fender bender at a red light and a leaf blowing across my driveway is my interpretation and feeling on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like So sometimes I really zoom out and say like, okay, you are uncomfortable, but like future you really wants you to complete this class. I have to grin and bear it through a class I'm in right now. Mm. Um, And it's like, no, you're just going to sit through it. And I'll set my, I have a little timer. This is a great little productivity hack (laughs) (laughs) where I, I like, I'm like, okay, set the timer for 25 minutes. You could sit still and do anything for 25 minutes. So you can Mm -hmm. do this, you know, and, and letting that be the reward is like the little beep. Okay. Um, so yeah, definitely not being unrealistic where I can't like do things because it's uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. yeah, just having that, that flexibility if possible, or the grounding. Yeah. If of yeah. course, of course. And so I know last time we spoke, we, you said that you were moving, And so I'd love for you to share how that process has been, how intuition plays a part, your decision-making, all of that stuff. So yeah, um, moving. So I'm working on a visa right now to Australia. I haven't submitted anything just because I have plenty of time and I'm dotting my I's and crossing my T's, but Australia for, if you knew me would see, like, if you knew me as an acquaintance, 
would seem almost random. I'm Greek and Italian. Like my dad's an immigrant. Uh, my mom's like a very American Italian person. <laughs> <laughs> and um, which I love. Um, but it's, it's also like, I also lived in Hawaii briefly and I love surfing every day. And I love, um, I met a bunch of, I've worked with a lot of Australian people in the sailing industry. And anyway, I remember how I said earlier that phrase that would keep popping up in your head, like for the past, I don't know. I don't know how long it's been going on as far back as I can remember. I have an totally not intentionally. This is another way like things, pings, clues about you can come through. I have only listened to like, my favorite music has been Australian bands, multiple, probably more than 10. Like my, like places I save on Instagram as places have been in Australia. Like, um, like people I've found attractive that are celebrities, Australian movies. I've like gravitated towards based in Australia, like literally clothing brands, like fashion labels, like literally I can't even go on and say like what facets, like everything has been from there, from the East coast mostly. And one day, probably earlier this year, I was, it hit me and I was like, I think it was when the Spotify wrapped came out and I was like, why all of these bands from Australia? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and I didn't think anything of it at first. And then I, it's, all those things started to come together. And then I looked into lifestyles in certain cities. Like I'm looking to go to Byron for a little while. I don't know. Um, I think I'm going to base myself in Byron and then that would be my home base and I'll travel from there, Byron Bay mm-hmm. and New South in New South Wales. But um, it just, I'm really attracted to the lifestyle. I've been there, but only to Tasmania and it's Australia is almost as big as the United States. So, you know, it's, it's a big place. And, um, I just decided like the idea of creating a life where I could surf every day in a community that is both like beachy, but also like, you could be social with people your age and all the things you need in, it's like a merriment. I always like a merriment between urban and, um, rural. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I just, I picked a place that seemed to fit the bill and I, say I'll figure it out when I get there um well I'm figuring out a lot of things before I get there too but basically the decision happened when I was like I am dying to travel I've always loved it I used to travel for work and that was one of the reasons I had that job um was Mm -hmm. the traveling and um after that job after I stopped sailing I like cold moved to Kauai with like four thousand dollars in my pocket and was like I'll figure it out and I did (laughs) (laughs) oh I didn't know you you lived on Kauai I knew you lived in Hawaii but I didn't know that was the island oh that's beautiful um yeah my family and I we have a timeshare there so we always go back um I was there in November and then I'm gonna go there again in August so (laughs) Holds a very special place in my heart. Yeah. That makes me so happy. Yeah. It's a special place in my heart too. I think I'll be there in September. So, (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, I was like, you figured it out with $4,000 and no leads on jobs and a place to live for two weeks. Like you can figure it out when you actually give yourself a lead time and like you fill out your visa and you find a place to live and you get a car all before, you know, all the things you have to do when you move somewhere. Yeah. Um, And that's another thing I really like to do with clients is 
shine a light on their capacity to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, cause most functioning adults have figured out a hell of a lot period. Like right. it could be anything from family to professional to whatever, but these skills, these life skills are transferable. Mm-hmm. And we also like if we're patient with ourselves and build these things and are okay with a little bit of discomfort, like when I get there, I won't have a lot of friends, but that's fine because I have the skills to go make friends because I've done it before, you know? Yeah. It's, it just, it, it's expansive. And I've, um, the other thing that really, I've had a few close people pass away in my life, um, who were some of the most alive people I've known. Um, one from ALS um, and one, um, uh, doesn't matter, but it just, it makes me realize nothing is guaranteed. And I know that's so cliche and it happens a lot when people close to us um, leave before we're ready. Mm -hmm. but like I could also talk hours on that like did they really leave probably not Um, (laughs) but I I really think if you have a curiosity to do something that doesn't go away as you get older like I am I, I started simply liking things that came out of Australia then I was like oh I wonder if I can live there that got louder and louder and louder just like the he's not it got louder so it could it could be, it's really drawing me, um, to say, okay, well, I don't have kids. I'm recently out of relationship. I just quit, um, a job and I'm working remotely. Like I'm in a really good position. Like my family is healthy. Like, thank God. Yeah. Um, my, I don't have like nieces or nephews yet. Um, very many, at least they're very young. So I'm like, even if I, what if I spend a year there? Okay. What if I love it and move there? I don't know. Open to both. Right. It's like allowing yourself to have the possibility to act on it. Right. It's like, we can often ruminate in our head of what will happen, but until we do the thing, we just don't know. And so I completely relate to this whole idea of, um, the voice just gets louder and louder and louder. And for me, I have always wanted to be nomadic in some way, right? But I was just very much like the corporate track, da, 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 have multiple jobs, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, and now I'm at a space where I can, which is mm-hmm. amazing. And so having and giving myself that opportunity because sometimes that's why I would date a ton of like foreigners. It allowed me to have that sort of travel in my life in my domesticity. Mm. And so um, there's always just something so interesting about how it comes back every so often. And it's like, oh, okay. It's like, here, I hear that knock again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's like whether or not you choose to answer it. And so that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to say um, one last thing on this is just, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you have it too. It's like, like leaving corporate is not an easy thing to do. It's very secure. I and mean, I've worked corporate too. And mm-hmm. there's 
there's probably similar drawbacks that everybody <laughs> talked about, but there's also some security there, right? You can, you can see where you could be in 10 years um, mm-hmm. or not, but being the explorer of your life rather than being like dogmatic and following a rule book that someone else created and being black and white, like you can, and like, it's not to be successful or not to be successful. It's not black and white. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. hard to say. And to be successful, if even if we do go black and white, you can be incredibly successful just being the explorer of your life. And that doesn't mean you can't work corporate. You could, it could mean you could be an explorer in other ways and trying new hobbies and just shaking up your life. But um just continuously being on that inner quest and being like, is, does that fit? Let me try it on. It's like life is a dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And asking yourself those questions of, is this right for me? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, is the, does that color look good on me? You know, <laughs> asking yourself those things. And like you said, from the very beginning of just tuning into your body of once you try it on, how do you make it like, how does it feel for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if your friend is like, I don't really see that color for you. You can be like, no, but I do, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> you can sit with me and deal with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and so how do you work with clients if they wanted to work with you? Um, what does that even look like? Right now I, I have, um, booking one-on-one sessions, one ofs. Um, I want to keep that intuitive of how often people come to see me. Mm-hmm. It's video chat, um, where you end up with notes of what we talked about and you can come to me with anything. It can be career. It can be relationship. It can be, um, general, like, I don't know where to start. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I, I basically, I I try and get to the core of it with people. I try and see what they, I I try to peel back the onion layers of all of the conditioning and, and find out what, what would you really want? I I give that it's, I like to think of it as a container where people kind of figure out those things. And I just ask the probing questions of like, where is that fear? Let's not, and just walking into every single feeling and accepting it and also coming out of it with an action plan of like, okay, well, what do I want to do? How can I, how can I find more clarity? How can I be happier? How can I actually do the thing I want to do and be okay with all of the, the fear, the discomfort along the way and love on myself every step of the way. Um, and yeah, I really, I'll give a lot of tools to tap into your intuition in every step of the way. Uh, So beautiful. Where can people find you? And we'll put it in the show notes also. Yeah. So I'm really active on Instagram and most recently, actually after I filled out the form threads has been really fun. Um, I haven't jumped on that bandwagon. I'm like, I don't want to have I just don't want to be in another platform. Mm-hmm. Like I do a lot already. Yeah, like, I, just, a lot. I just don't want to add myself to that, but I like see everybody, right? I see everybody with like their little usernames and all that stuff. And I'm like, Lisa, just don't buy into it. You don't have to, <laughs> like, you don't have to try it on today. If it's not, yeah, you know, it's exactly. Nice. Do you girl? <laughs> when you're ready, you'll know. And if, if it's not your thing, then you'll know that too. Yeah. Um, so Instagram um, at Liz Caramavros. 
And um, leahcada.io is my website, which you could direct book. You can also direct book through my Instagram. I'm also on TikTok at Liz Caramavros. And uh, I also have a newsletter, um, which is um, either once a week or twice a month. And it's a blog on a lot of the things we talk about, a lot of my life and how, how it actually feels day to day to follow your intuition, how scary it is, how you can walk through that fear and how I've done it in the past. So um, yeah, so much more to come too. So um, I'm releasing a few things in the next month or so. So it, definitely stay tuned. I also post these things, videos almost every day on my Instagram to just little, little notes, to little incredible inquisitive notes to take with you. That's amazing. I love that. And I always like to end each episode by asking a question. So what are you doing to fill your own self-love cup and connect to the little you? Mm, I love that question. Um, hmm. The little me. I love that so, so much. I actually have a picture of myself at like my sixth birthday party in my oh that's so cute and I look at her often um because I think I was opening gifts and I was like in my element (laughs) 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 when I was a little girl um and I just look how happy she looks and I remember so uh, I try to make her proud every day even if it's a small thing because I remember you know we are every age we've ever been Mm. So yeah, definitely. I think I ask myself every morning, like, what can I do to like, would you be proud of me? Would you be excited to grow up to be me? Um, and that's definitely how I continuously fill that cup. So I make sure I honor my body every day. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I make sure I honor like what it's, what it's speaking to, because as a kid, I didn't know how to do that. So, right. Yeah, I think I think just honoring my intuition um, and what she really wanted was to be happy and successful and in love and all the things. Because um, I think we all imagine our lives like when we're that young, hopefully as beautiful, right? Yeah. Oh, and I love that it's it's creating this dynamic conversation with her, right? Of are you proud of me? Would you be proud of the woman that I've grown up into? Um, and also vice versa, letting them know too, mm-hmm. hey, this is this this doesn't have to be a dire moment in your life. We're gonna do great things later on, you know? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. When it's stressful, I always say it's, it's a blip. You might not even remember it later. Yes, yes, absolutely. I I phrase my eyes, will this matter a year from now? <laughs> Yeah. That's how you like manage. You're like, okay, I don't have to be that stressed. I'm like, does this matter? Like a year from now, girlfriend, like, no, no, probably not. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. I absolutely loved having you on. Um, would love to have you again for, you know, content creation episode. That could be a fun topic, but is there anything else that you would love to leave the audience with? Um, just to slow is fast in your growth you don't have to always be growing the awareness is the first thing and just be really graceful with yourself because you've already have it 
even if you don't feel like you do, if you're questioning it, you do. <laughs> you take your time. And Lisa, thank you so much. This has been so amazing. I feel honored to have this container with you and to be here. And I'm just sending you love for what you're putting out there in the world. So amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for tuning in. And I will catch you next time for another episode from the Heartstring Musings podcast. All right. Bye everyone.